So it says like this, uh, Psalm 121, the Lord, the keeper of Israel, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains from where shall my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul, and the Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Um, so these these small these small psalms. Um, I I uh, like I said, you guys know I love the psalms, and I love like digging in these. Because especially during these times, it really helps, uh, uh, you know, not only uh, encourages us, but much more than that, I think it just it helps our prayer life. I think that one of the areas that we slack, and I can say for myself, is prayer. For whatever reason, um, uh, it, uh, it's just an area that we, as Christians, that uh, for whatever reason, I'm not, you know, it, uh, it's just that we, it's very hard for us to have a stable, um, very powerful prayer life. Uh, we can have good seasons. For example, we can have days, months. Uh, we can have even longer, maybe. But then, for whatever reason, the enemy knows the power in prayer, so he distracts us. So that's so part of my um, personal goal, and also for the group and for anybody else, is when I teach the Psalms, it's to give us a vocabulary for our prayers, to give us a, a more substantial prayer life, um, and we should learn to pray the scriptures. Uh, you know, we've. We've said this before. Um, uh, we, we've 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 practiced these things before. Uh, just as we pray and um, think of the scriptures, and um, and especially, uh, well, yeah, we could talk about what, what's going on around the world right now. But trouble is going to come at all times. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it right now is one thing; tomorrow's another. Uh, right? You know, so trouble will come to us all. And and the Psalms, you know, this speaks of affliction, trouble, persecution, uh, different different, even joy. Um, and a lot of times, um, in fact, when, when we're going through moments of joy and peace and comfort in our lives, uh, a lot of times um, we, we, we uh, take a, we almost, it's like we, we stop caring as much as, as being fervently in our prayer and our word. And a lot of times joy becomes a curse. Uh, when I mean joy, I mean, uh, I mean seasons of joy. Uh, what I mean is times of prosperity, as scripture puts it, or, uh, or just times where everything is, health is good, family is good. Work is good, you know. You got not, you don't got a problem in life, um, you know. The, you know, no bad hair days, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, when everything is going well and splendid. There are times, and that's good, and we should thank the Lord for those days. When, when, you, if you're in that season right now, maybe and maybe not, um, that things are going well, and um, you got to praise the Lord for that. But in this, in those times, we have to be careful that we seek God equally as much as if we were in trouble. Uh, and that's why, if you notice that the Christian life is full of adversity, and I think part of that reason, God knowing how we are as human beings, how we easily worship everything else but Him, allows us to enter certain seasons of life so we can learn to look to Him. Uh, you know, I, I think um, as I see Scripture, I see this continuously. He allows things to come into the Christian life and to into this followers' lives because they learn. Uh, you know, we become worshipers of everything easily. Um, we were, we, you know, we all, we all worship, uh, but you know, it's not always um, the Lord that we're worshiping or that we're giving him everything. And so as we study scripture, um, you know, as we look at this, you know, it's not just about giving facts. 
you know, uh, when we study the Bible, when we hear a sermon, if it's just giving facts, uh, you, you guys, you know, you don't, you don't need a teacher. You just need to read uh, a book and you get facts. But it, it, this is much more than that. As we study the scripture together, um, it, it should, it, we have to understand this, that every time we read the scripture, it, it's the, the purpose of God is to lead us somewhere, right? It, he wants to take us somewhere. He wants to move his people um, uh, from one place to another, always uh, transforming our mind, our hearts. It, he doesn't just want to give us facts about who he is, right? Because then that would be, you know, he, he, you know, God could have easily done that. He goes, everybody just read these things, and this is who I am, and learn these facts, and and see, and, you know, try to do good in life. No, it's it's not it's not like that. It's a personal relationship with God, and so He wants to move us. And so every, you know, for us who teach, we're always trying to, um, in a sense, uh, like Robinson, uh, Pastor Robinson, he always said, he, well, he, um, he, he tells me this all the time. Uh, he, he says, one truth at a time, one truth at a time. And, and as Christians, that's a reality every day. We need to learn how to live this day. What is the truth of God for me this day, in a sense? What is the lesson of God? Um, and, and because we don't, we, he's going to give us enough grace for today, you know, uh, tomorrow has not come. We don't need tomorrow's grace yet. We don't need tomorrow's favor. We don't need tomorrow, not yet. Uh, we need it today. And um, that's why scripture continues, says, do not worry, do not be anxious, right? You know, uh, about tomorrow, about the things that, what are you going to wear? What are you going to eat? You know, why? Because the Lord cares for you. Um, and so the, the destination for today is exactly the title, which is the Lord is your keeper. So that's the destination that that we uh, that I want us to go through. That no matter whatever, no matter how we end right now through this psalm, um, that know this that the destination for this truth, uh, there's only there, there's eight verses here, but the the truth is in verse five in regards to the verse that I want to leave in your heart, and that is the Lord is your keeper, and the Lord is your shade on your right hand. So that would be the key verse um, in this eight in these eight verses, and so. Excuse me, the psalmist begins and opens up with the question. I love when he does this, and he's done this in other psalms. I think in the Psalm 46 and other ones. He, he poses questions, and, um, uh, and, and questions make us think, you know, right? So every time we, if somebody asks a question, it's, it, it makes us think, it makes us wonder, it makes us pause, right? So if somebody asks a question, you're going to pause. You're going to think about this. Um, and obviously, you know, he gives the answer here, but it makes us think, it makes us wonder. That's why Jesus would teach through questions, right? You, you see this in the Gospels a lot. In the narratives, uh, you see Jesus would ask questions. You know, the people are saying this, this, and that, and Jesus would say, well, who do you say I am, right? You know, or, or uh, you know, you, you see him continuously asking the religious folks questions. You know, um, he would challenge, challenge, uh, challenge the people with questions, um, and questions are, are meant to make us think. That's why I invite you guys and I encourage you guys to continuously ask questions. Uh, and this is where I agree with many of the philosophers when it comes to the, the you know, it, 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 it's, not, it's not enough, you know, not to ask questions. We must ask questions. And um, so I don't want to go on a rabbit on that one. But so at first glance, when we look at this, um, you know, when we look at the text, you know, verse one says, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains, right? From where shall my help come from? So at first comes when we look at this, you know, he, he, we, when, we, when we find ourselves in a present trouble, in a situation, a difficulty, you know, it, it, it could almost seem, um, uh, it, it, it almost seems impossible. Uh, it, you know, so if we're going through difficulty, um, if we're in the middle of it, it, it may seem too big for us. You know, and the psalmist says, as he goes, you know, I will lift up my eyes to the mountain. 
and and this is the, this is the thing that when we look toward the mountains, uh, we learn. You know, one of the things is 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 there's two things here: the valleys and the mountains. And so the valley it, it depicts a certain season of life. Um, it could be a season of trouble, of dryness. Uh, uh, you know, the world uh, the world bombarding you with different things. Um, it could seem a, a dark valley, whatever the case may be. And he's the God of the mountain. He's the God of the valley. But when we look toward the mountains, um, you know, it, it brings a sort of freshness. It brings a newness. You know, if we're at the mountaintop, you have a different view uh, of things. You, now you're looking at it from, from a bird's eye view. You're looking at the problem downward. Not, and so, um, and think about this, right? So for like um, uh, when, we go, when we've gone to retreats or when you guys have gone to the mountains, you know, we're, we're down here in the polluted city, right? When you guys go up to the mountains, one of the things we all acknowledge is a freshness, right? You, you breathe fresh air. You know, you, you know, there's not a cloud of pollution up there. You know, the higher you go, the, the better the view, the, 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 the air is more fresh. You know, everything seems better up there. And that's, and that's how it, the psalmist depicts this. He goes, he looks toward the mountains and, and in a sense of, of saying, you know, I'm down here in the valley. But I'm going to look up at, at a certain at this present time, and so, um, like I said, mountains bring a, a freshness to our lives. Um, uh, it gives us a better sight, and uh, it puts him. It puts it will put the psalmist in a better place uh, to look at his problem. And he says, "It's from where shall my help come from?" Um, uh, Spurgeon said this about this ver about verse one. He said, uh, when speaking of the psalmist, he said, "The hills we look to, the the help we look for, and the eyes we look with." He said, the hills we look to, the help we look for, and the eyes we look with. And separating, you know, as the psalmist was working through this. And the question that, that we will all ask at times of difficulties is this question that he's actually asking here. And this question, well, this question is going to come to us all. And that question is, from where shall my help come from? You know, you're, I, I think that we can all acknowledge, you know, even if we have faith, even a, even a lot of faith or a little faith, there are times where we just... We, for whatever reason, we just think God's not going to come through. You know, we, we're like, this one's big. This, this problem is really big. Or this issue is, is, is out of control. Or, or you just simply don't go to God for whatever reason. And, and he says, from where shall my help come from? And this is the question that comes to us all. Um, wh where do we look for? And, uh, and, um, and if you notice in, the, in, the, in, the, in verse 1 and verse 2, he's speaking to himself. You know, he uses the I, my, my. And then later on, he's going he's gonna to speak corporately. He's going to speak of you and your. He, he, and, and the psalmist does this continuously. He personalizes the message before he preaches it out, right? And so he's constantly preaching to himself. He asks his question, he answers it. You know, um, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word, right? And he follows certain trends in scripture. And he, and, and, uh, he preaches to him. I mean, this is the way I see it. He preaches to himself. Uh, he encourages himself. Um, he, you know, a lot of times, you know, we'll talk to ourselves. You know, we'll say, God, you know, I don't know what to do. Or you start talking to yourself. And, um, you know, and, and Psalmist actually answers himself, you know. And, um, <laughs> um, you know, and so this is a, this is a, this is a thing that, that, we, that we all have to understand that even at times when we say, where, where is God right now? There might be times in your life when you're going to ask that question. You might not say it publicly, but you're going to say it internally. You might not, you might not ask it, um, um, you know, in a room full of people, but you might ask it in your prayer closet and that's okay. And, that, and that's, and that's where I want to encourage you guys that, 
you be transparent with the Lord um, as well as with each other. You know, we should all, we should always be. And, and Christians go through moments of difficulties, moments of doubts. And so we need to learn how to tackle that together, um, not alone. So when the question visits us, when we, when we get there, understand that we got to look toward the Lord. Um, and it's easier said than done. I understand that. You know, when you're going, you know, when we, when somebody's in the middle of the fire and, you know, you tell them, you know, with, you know, just got to throw some water and the fire's going to go out. You know, they, they you know, they don't want to really hear that. They want you to rescue them out. They want to get the heck out of that fire. You know, a lot of times we, or, or somebody's in a, in a, they fall into sin and we try to diagnose the sin instead of helping them. You know, we're not called to diagnose sin. You know, we're not even called to forgive the sin of people. You know, we're called to help people, uh, you know, to, to encourage them, to lead them to the Lord. And so um, that's when we, when we, the best thing we can do is to pray for one another. And not only that is to, is to read the word. So if somebody's going to difficulties, you know, use the word of God to encourage them. Um, don't, don't try to come up with another book. It's already been done. Um, and there's nothing better than the word of God uh, in moments of difficulty. So he says, my help comes from the Lord. So he makes it personal. Like I said, uh, you know, he, he, he starts with, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains from where shall my help come from? He doesn't, he doesn't say, where, where's your help going to come from everybody else? No, no. He personalizes this. He says, where's my help going to come? I'm the first one. I'm the, I'm the one in need. I am the desperate sinner. And, and this, is, this is the Isaiah picture in Isaiah 6, that he himself saw that he was sinful. Uh, uh, you know, you see this in John, in, in, in Revelation. He saw himself. You know, you, you see this through the prophets, Jeremiah. He, he, he himself felt the pain, uh, 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 Ezekiel. Um, you know, so you, we have to always understand that we, we have to first look at our own lives before we look at everyone else's. And that connects with, with Sunday's teaching of humility. It, it, it will only make us more humble um, because we will not be quick to condemn. We will not be quick to, to uh, judge unrighteously. We will not be quick to, to, to just to um, um, disregard people for, you know, for whatever reason. And so when we look to ourselves, when we look and we say, man, I really have failed God and God has forgiven me. You know, there, there's just a sense of, of humility that happens, a sense of unity that, that unfolds. So when he says, my help comes from the Lord, you know, the psalmist begins with himself, right? That's the recipe right here. The psalmist begins with himself, and he asks himself, and he answers himself, and then he speaks corporately. He starts with me, then everybody else. So we preach to ourselves before we preach to others. And, um, what, you know, what, what we all need is help, and that's the bottom line. It, 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 we can be going through different situations, but what we need is that, you know, that four-letter word, help. Uh, and, and, and it means different things for each and every one of us in this call. If I was to ask you what you need right now, uh, we can sum it up that you need help. Um, you know, um, and so whether it be emotionally, physically, spiritually, economically, you know, you need help. And so our help, you know, that includes a lot of things. It comes from the Lord. And so... And this is a, like we read in Psalm 46. He is a very present help. It's not like a distant help. He's very present. He's with us. And we know that his spirit accompanies us. God is spirit. And he, we don't have Jesus in the flesh with us, but he left us the spirit. And so, and God is spirit. And he's, and he's not only dwelling within us, he's among us. He's with us everywhere we go. And so we have that privilege. And the psalmist didn't really, really understand uh, these things, you know, uh, you know, this, the psalmist spoke as if he did and he, and, 
but we understand things at a different degree. We have the whole scripture. Not only that, we know that the spirit of God dwells with, I know that confidently that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the spirit of God is with you. And so I, I, I that gives me a certain peace because I can't help you, but he can. And so this is, he's a very present help. And then he says, and then he says, who made heaven and earth. And again, the, the wording of the psalmist I love, he always goes, he goes way back. You know, he doesn't say the one who helped me last week, the one who got me out of the cave, the one who helped me when Saul was persecuting. He could have said that, and he does say that at times. But the psalmist, you know, he's like John, right? John goes, in the beginning was the word, right? He goes all the way back. He doesn't, he doesn't start with, with the birth of Jesus. He goes way back. He goes with the preexistence. And a lot of times we need to just take a step back. And say, okay, this is my situation right now, but I need to take, I need to, I need to get a view from the mountain. I need to go up higher, and I need to understand who is God. You know how, and when we look at the problem from a bird's eye view, it looks really small, you know. But when we're in the problem, we look like we're drowning, and so we, we, that's what we need to, uh, we need to understand who God is, and uh, and He's the one who made heaven and earth. You know, the Creator is our help. The the, the very Creator of this universe is the one who helps us. You know, as creatures, we are limited. We have very limited power, uh, very limited resources. Without him, we have no resources. And so we have to understand that the, the creator of mankind is our help. He doesn't just send help. He is our help. You know, it's, a, it, it's not like he's just going to summon somebody to come and help. No, he himself is our help. He is a very present help. And so no matter what your situation is, we all need help. Um, you know, and somebody says we're all messed up in one way or another. You know, everybody is. You know, um, you know, I haven't met one non-dysfunctional family in my life. You know, they're all dysfunctional in one way or another. And the ones that say that they're not, the closer you look, they're then they're on forensic files. No, I'm kidding. No, not those. Okay, so I watched too many shows. So, you know, he, you know, he says he will not allow your foot to slip, right? And he says he who keeps you will not slumber. So remember, understand this as a Christian path. Remember that we, we are on a narrow path. In the Gospels, we know that there's the wide gate, there's the, there's the narrow. And, as, um, and for those of you that have seen the, like the Pilgrim's Progress or read the book, you know, he depicts us perfectly on the narrow path. And, uh, and, and this is the image that we must have that. We are on the narrow path right now. And we walk a narrow path. So we need him to help us not allow our foot to slip and go back. Because a lot of people have, have walked that path and, and they, they realized it was just too difficult. There was too, too much things around them. They would rather do something else. And they turned around. And so we, and they slipped. And it, it, one slip could cause you to fall. And, and one fall, if, if God, if you don't run to the Lord, you know, you're not going to pick yourself back up. You, you, we need to understand this, that he will not allow, but we must cling to him. We must, we must go to him. Uh, and this narrow path is a dangerous path. Um, Many things appear in our path as Christians. You know, we're pilgrims passing through this world on a narrow path. And, um, you know, and, and in, the, in, this, in, the, in this narrow path, we're going to go through different seasons, such as fear. There's going to be doubts. Uh, there's going to be distractions. Uh, we're going to be, uh, there's going to be discouragement. And let me tell you again, again, the narrow path is not problem free. Okay. The narrow path is not, neither is the wide one. But the difference is that the wide one, you're having so much fun that you don't even realize the evil around you. You know, the wide one is, 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 is all fun and games, um, you know, and there's so much things to do on this wide path that, that in reality, they're all distractions. 
and 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 you don't realize of all the wickedness around you because you're distracted with whatever the flesh indulges in. And the narrow path, you see everything very clearly. You can see what's in front of you, and you can see what's behind you very clearly. And so in, in this path, we're going to get hit with fear. There might be doubt. There might be uh, distractions, and there will be times of discouragement. And so we need to understand that it is not the teacher, not the pastor, not your friends, uh, not, nobody. And nobody's going to be able to keep you from slipping but the Lord. That's it. it. It's God. We must understand that that our anchor are not the people. Our anchor must be the Lord, our hope in the Lord. Uh, neither our parents, neither our loved ones. As much as people can help us, my anchor cannot be uh, somebody with flesh and blood. It needs to be somebody much more than that. It needs to be God himself. Um, and, and so we need, to, uh, we need to learn how to, um, how to live that out because a lot of times we depend a lot on people as if they're going to keep us from slipping and falling, uh, you know, and they don't, they can't keep us. They can encourage us. They can help us when we do, but the, but God is the one who is strong enough to keep us from slumping, from slipping and falling. And it says, he who keeps you will not slumber. And so understand this, our God is a wide awake. He who keeps us, you know, he's, he's, it's not like, you know, he's on the clock for eight hours. And then after that, you're on your own. no, it's not like, you know, he's got something better to do after 5 o'clock. No, you know, he, and this, this is who he is. He's not like us. You know, he's not on the, on the human clock like us. He, he's outside of time. He is time. Um, he owns time, you know, however you want to put it. And he does not slumber. He does not play around. He is not, he's not distracted. He's God Almighty. Uh, and so that's why right now during difficulties we can be like, well, you know what? I don't understand everything that's going on. In fact, you're never going to understand everything that's going on. It doesn't matter if things get back to whatever normal is going to be. It, 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 it's, it, we're, we're, it, you're never going to fully understand why there's so much trouble, why there's so much uh, persecution. Why the, we, it, we are not called to, to diagnose every little thing and understand it. We're called to believe and trust in the Lord and do what is right and do good deeds. We are to practice, be zealous for good deeds um, at all times. And so, uh, and then it says, verse 4 says, behold, he uh, is, behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep again. He's, he who keeps Israel, he's saying, look, the keeper of Israel, and, and, and you can look back from the Genesis story all the way down to this point where the psalmist is speaking, and, and we don't even pass this, but and the psalmist is saying, look, man, God has never let his people down. From Genesis, from the beginning of time, he has never let people down. And neither will he leave us now. And he who keeps Israel will neither nor slumber nor sleep like other kings and other leaders did. Um, you know, and as we glance at the Old Testament, you know, always remember, you know, he who keeps Israel is he who keeps the church. Um, and let me read to you a verse just to, to, to back that up a little bit. In regards to the keeper of Israel is the keeper of the church. And that's why a lot of times people, they shun away from the Old Testament because they don't understand the connections um, and, and that there is no more Jew, no more Gentile. There is no more slave, no more free. We are one. And that is in Galatians chapter 3. I'll read it to you. Uh, Galatians 3, verse 28 and 29. It says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And verse 29 says, And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. 
So a lot of times, you know, when we, we, we cut ourselves short from not looking at the Old Testament and saying, man, this is my God. You know, our, our God does not begin in Matthew's gospel or, or you know, or it, it does. It begins in Genesis. That is our God. Um, and so when we look at the, when we look at Israel, you know, we can say, well, he's the same God. And, and, uh, and he now keeps the church. There's not, there, there is no more, no more Jew, no more Gentile. There, there is no more these divisions that, you know, and people still try to keep them, but we know through scripture that there is no more, um, you know, and, and for example, in, in, um, one of my favorite passages in Romans chapter 11, when it speaks of, of the branches, right? It says that when Romans chapter 11, when it says that the, the, the natural branches were broken off because of unbelief, speaking of the Jews. And it says, so then we were grafted in. We were the wild, uh, the, the wild olive, you know? And so, but, but a lot of times we don't, uh, you know, even I, I forget this a lot. He, when he speaks of the branches, the branches are, are not the important factor. It's the tree. And God is the tree. And so it, the branches, you know, it, it, it is not what the, the, the branches don't sustain each other. We need, we they need to be connected. And so whether you're a Jewish branch or a Gentile, which is everybody else's branch, you're not the source of life. It's God. He is the tree. Uh, it's like the, like the, in, in, um, in John chapter 15, um, the, the vineyard, right? Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's not, it, it, the vineyard doesn't keep itself it's the father, you know, the vine dresser, you know, he looks after us, after the branches. And so um, a lot of times we give a lot of attention to the branch or the fruit better yet, and not so much the tree, which sustains everything else. So just keep that in mind when you look at verse four and even the Old Testament, when he says Israel, you know, pay attention to the promises because they unfold into the church. Um, if, if, if he's the same God, he who keeps Israel is he who keeps the church. Um, and so, uh, you know, the God of Israel is the God of the church, um, however you want to put it. Um, and verse five says, the Lord is your keeper. And he, he, he's, and now he's speaking to the, to, he's speaking corporately. He's saying the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. And, uh, when you look at keeper, I was, I was doing a word search on this and these are different words that could be used in place of this. So when it says, the Lord is your keeper. It could be the Lord is your guardian. The Lord is your preserver. The Lord is your possessor. The Lord is your protector. The Lord is your provider. And the Lord is your support. All these things and much more are found in God. That's when it says he is your help. Believe me, we need one of these. You know, I don't know which one it is that you need or, you know, but he is, when it says that he's, he's the keeper, um, he is your guardian. He's the one who's going to protect you. He's the one who's going to be there for you. Um, when it, the preserver, uh, the preserver of life, of everything, of nature, of, 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 you know, we're all a heartbeat away from, from, from saying goodbye to this world. He's the one who preserves that heart. It, it, it's, it's not everything we, you know, that we try to do this world. God has the on and off switch of our life. Um, and so he's the possessor. He is the protector. Um, think about this. When times of fear, of doubt, you know, he is our protector. It is the mighty arm of God that protects us. Um, he is the provider and, and he is our support. Uh, so that's a beautiful thing. When you look at keeper, think of, think of, think of all these words um, that, 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 are, that are connected to it. Guardian, preserver, possessor, protector, provider, and support. And so when, you know, um, and then it says, uh, so the Lord is your shade. 
on your right hand. Um, and so, and that connects with verse six that says, the, you know, the sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. You know, when, when the blazing heat of life hits, he's going to be our shade. Think about this. When, 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 we, when you've experienced a hot summer day, you know, and, and you're exhausted because of the heat, and you just step a little bit into a, a, under a tree of shade, it feels good. It feels refreshing. It feels relaxing. And, he, and this, is what, this is what the psalmist is trying to picture this. It's like the mountains, you know, freshness. He's trying to understand that it is when we are with God that we are going to be refreshed. It is when we are with God that we're going to be revitalized, when we are under his divine shade, divine protection. And a lot of times in this life, we seek other shades. We seek to be under uh, the, the shade of, of entertainment, the shade of, of, of whatever it is. And, and we realize that it's only good for a little bit. And, and uh, so, um, so understand this, that uh, him being our shade, you know, is, he's, he's protecting us, he's refreshing us. And when it says that the sun will not smite you by day uh, nor by night, you know, these are two great lights. Speaking of, of, of the sun and the moon, these are two powerful lights that, that, um, that are in the skies. And, and, and understand this, that the sun and the moon are ruled by him. They, they don't govern themselves. And so wh- wh- whether we be in the heat of the, of the, of the moment, uh, you know, the troubles of the anxiety of the, you know, understand that that heat is under the control of the mighty God. Or whether we be in the middle of the night um, when everything is, is, you know, for whatever reason, a lot of problems hit us at night. You know, um, I don't know why. You know, whether it be um, emotional, whether it be spiritual, even the phone call late at night. Understand that he's the same God and he's with us there. And so uh, we need God at all times. And the psalmist is painting the picture, whether you be in the, in the, in the day or in the night, he will be with you. He will be your shade. He'll protect you. Um, and when, when, when it speaks of this, we see echoes um, uh, of the Israelites in the wilderness. You know, when, when they were out in the wilderness, um, you know, and how God protected them. Remember the, you know, the, 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 the cloud of the Lord and God was always with them. Um, and, uh, it, you know, yet they rebelled, yet they were unbelieving, you know, yet they continued in their sin. But God protected them. God was faithful to them. You know, they were out in the middle of nowhere. God provided water. They wanted meat. God gave them food. You know, you know, you know, God was with them. And so there's, there's certain echoes of the Old Testament uh, in, uh, I'm sorry, of, of the Exodus um, in the middle of the Psalms. Uh, you'll see this a lot um, as the Psalmist depicts it. And, um, and so whether we be, like I said, whether it be in, in the, uh, um, when the blazing sun hitting us or in the middle of the night, when it seems like nobody's with us, God will be with us. Um, Verse 7 says, uh, the Lord will protect you from all evil, and he will keep your soul. So, you know, people, you know, we, we don't tend to use this word much, evil, uh, a, a whole lot. If you notice, you know, we say bad. You know, that was, you know, that, that, that's a bad person, or that was a bad thing, or, in, you know, but we don't use the word evil a lot. And that's the proper word. Right now, um, what, what we see in the world is evil. You know, when people don't love the, their neighbor, we—that's not a bad thing. That's an evil thing. When people, when people reject to help those in need, that is not just—it's uh, not a bad. No, it's an evil thing. When we have the ability to bless somebody, we don't. You know, that, and we were like, well, uh, somebody else can bless them. No, that that could be an evil thing. You know, wh- you know. So we don't use that word evil a lot. 
um, and just like honor, dishonor, and other other words in scripture. But it, it there's evil and there's good. Um, and so you know when he says he's going to protect you from all evil, um, you know evil is real, uh, and evil comes in many shapes and sizes, and it's all around us. Um, evil. We live in a fallen world. Evil is living. Evil is everywhere. Um, you know, you see through this pandemic how evil people are. They're looking to take advantage of people, uh, looking to be more greedy, uh, looking to, to, I mean, anything you can think about, evil comes out because, because without the cleansing of the heart, that's what we're going to, that, that's our nature. That's why we can't be mad at the world because they're only, you know, they're only living out their, their fallen state. But, but we, we also can't cover it up and be like, well, they're just doing a bad thing. No, it's, it's evil. It's wickedness, it's sinful, whatever word you want to use. Uh, and all evil, um, all evil allows us to, um, uh, the, the protection from all evil um, that, that the psalmist is saying here, it, it's going to allow us to live lives of peace, especially us who trust the Lord. You know, in moments of difficulties, you know, we can sleep, we can walk, we can live in peace because he is our keeper, because he is the keeper of our souls. And remember this, if there's one thing the enemy wants to do, is to just to destroy our souls that's what he wants to do if there's something that the enemy wants to do is to distract us is to kill is to destroy is to steal it's evil what he wants to do and so we and and the the lord is our keeper and when it says that um, he will protect us from all evil it is because there's not there's a plurality of evils there's not one you know, there, there's not, it's not like there's only one thing that's going to strike us. No, there's a lot of things. The flaming arrows of the evil one are going to be tossed at us daily, daily. Remember, these are in Ephesians chapter 6, when it speaks of the armor of God, it gives us the, the picture of the flaming arrows. And that's why we need the shield of faith, because our faith will, dis, will, will, will extinguish these things as they're being shot at us. You know, we, we are, it's our faith going to be protecting us. Uh, without faith, we're easy victims. And we need to have faith in this God, in the God of Israel, the God of the church um, that is with us right now, um, even this very moment. And he will keep your soul. You know, it, it, and again, we need, to, we, need to, we need to take care of our soul. We need to, um, we need to keep our soul healthy. And, and that is through feeding it from the bread of life. Um, that's why, for example, right now, uh, our week-to-week -week gatherings or whenever you can read the scripture, you are nourishing your soul. You're taking care of your soul. Um, and a lot of times we don't really think about that. We don't really think about, um, of, of, we, we think of taking care of everything else, but our soul. And so your prayer life is feeding your soul and nourishing your soul, your scripture life. Um, you know, when, when you, when you're living out the word of God, when you're doing, when you're loving your neighbor, that all that, it, you know, is, is feeding your soul. So we should, we should strive to have healthy souls, um, uh, not weak souls. Um, and remember this, the enemy is not going to stop. You know, he's not going to stop. Uh, I'm sure all of you guys can testify of, of things that you just know that the enemy is, is around. You know, you know that there's evil. Um, you see things, you don't even have to turn on the TV. You can just see it in people's lives that evil is real. And so he'll protect us from all evil. And that's, and that's the beautiful thing that uh, the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen us. Second uh, Thessalonians 3.3 3 says that the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. That's 2 Thessalonians 3.3. 3. And so this is another key verse for this. Because not only evil, um, all evil, but the evil one you know, from the very source. Um, you know, um, and so 
The Lord is faithful, he says, and he will strengthen you and he will protect you. Not, not, the, not the pastor, not, not the, the conference, not the book. Not, no, no, no. The Lord is going to strengthen you. The Lord. The Lord, the, the, you, we, get the, we get our strength from the source. You know, not, we, don't, we don't go through external channels. No, we get it directly from the fountain of life. And so he will protect you. And, uh, and he's going to fill us. And, from the, and he's going to protect us from the evil one and from all sorts of evil, which is beautiful. And uh, verse 8 says that the Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. And uh, when we walk, you know, um, you know, think about this. How many times we walk in and out of our homes, right? And we should ask the Lord to protect us, you know, to be with us. That's why the moment you get up, if you don't have time to get in the word, you know, seek God in prayer, even a small prayer. Uh, it's, it, it, again, it's not the, the length of time. It's the heart. It, it's the posture of the heart. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's focused on, you know, dedicate 10, 20, 30, 40. You know, I don't think, I, I don't think God is so concerned about having a certain time frame. He wants your whole life. He wants communion with you throughout the day. Uh, but we should seek, we should seek him as much as we possibly can. If you can give him an hour, man, give him more. You know, if you can give whatever you can give him, give it to him for he is worthy of that and much more. And so understand that, uh, you know, that he will guard your going out and your coming in. That's a beautiful thing, knowing that it is God who's going to guard your going out and your coming in. Think of how many times you walk in and out of your house, forgetting that God is your, your keeper. How many times you walk in and out of your, your, your school, your work, wherever we go, right? And we, we just do it, you know, um, with just an automatic faith, you know, that we're going to come right back. You know, how many times, did, how many people today left their home and did not come back? You know, how many people, um, you know, you know, and so understand this, yeah, how many people left their home and tragedy struck and they came back a different person. And so we need, we need this keeper. We need this guardian. Like I said, this, this, this preserver, this possessor of life, the protector, the provider, the support, because there are going to be times when we're going to get come out and we're, we might come back in a different person. And so we need, we need the Lord's divine protection. And uh, let me read you Psalm 91, um, just, just a couple of verses. Psalm 91, um, verses 10 through 12 uh, on, this, um, on this verse says, No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. And that's the beautiful um, shelter of the Most High, you know, that he will be with us at all times. Um, and that's something that we should be thankful for, and we should be very grateful day by day. You know, um, man is always in the move. We're always back in and out, in and out, and God is watching over us. Think of that. You know, we don't think about these things, but he is our keeper. He's always watching over us. You know, the Lord, Jehovah God, is our keeper. And, uh, and that's a beautiful reminder for us um, as we, um, you know, as we live our lives, knowing and trusting that he is with us. Um, 